Good morning, everyone. We're so glad that you're here this morning, and if you're, see, my voice is a little, I'm sorry, but if you're visiting, welcome to New Hope. We hope that you filled out the form and so we can get your information. Um, as you can tell, I look a little different thanks to some youth and my t-shirt, but we just got back last night from our mission weekend with some church members and some youth members, um, and we're going to share about that in just a second, but I just want to welcome you to New Hope and tell you how thankful I am that you're here it's been a, an eventful weekend for, I think, a lot of you. Graduation happened this weekend, and we have all the graduates listed this week and all their, um, their future plans and what they graduated with, so please look at that, and if you see a graduate again this week, just congratulate them, because that was an exciting weekend for several people here. Um, we Just a reminder, our prayer for Sunday night, our hour of prayer starts back tonight, so please come. If you haven't come yet, please come tonight. And meet us in the sanctuary at 4.30 for just an hour of prayer over our members, our community, and just whatever the Holy Spirit leads us to pray. Um, it's a powerful thing to pray even by yourself. And when you pray with others, especially a church family, that power that the Holy Spirit can do through that is more than we can really imagine. So please come with us and pray and then stay for church tonight. Um, it is regular activities tonight. So we had our Church Without Walls that Pastor Russ has been mentioning for a long time. That was this weekend. Um, we have a couple pictures. I'm going to do a bigger slideshow soon. But we have, um, I had, we had four youth that joined us, and then the Moreland family, Destiny and Colin, and Jeff and Angel committed to a weekend of service and a lot of hard work. And um, as you can tell from my red face, a, lo a long day in the sun gardening. And it was wonderful. We were able, I know Angel's going to share something, the youth were able to do a part of ministry that sometimes we um, choose not to do, which is the behind-the-scenes ministry of a lot of hard work that no one's ever going to know that you did, and um, you're not going to speak to people. You're, we weren't on the street sharing the gospel, but we were behind-the-scenes preparing a garden that will be used for um, a huge outreach ministry in the county where the produce that comes from that will go to the women's shelter and several other food banks in the county for a long time, years hopefully to come. So I was really proud of our youth that worked all day in that sun yesterday preparing the plants and the soil and putting in fence posts for that cause. So I'm thankful for this church and everyone that participated and Angel's going to share a little bit and just... Uh, along with that about it. And our kids just got back on Monday from Look Up Lodge. So I have a couple pictures to show the end of our weekend, and it was a great weekend. Um, the youth are leaving next Monday for their week-long trip at Look Up Lodge, and we have over 20 people going to Look Up with our church. Um, so just be in prayer for that, and I will be excited after both camp trips to have a big um, testimony time and slideshow time from that. Thank you, Angel, and your family for participating this weekend. So I can say that if you were not with us, you were, you missed out. And I did, we did it just because we wanted to serve the Lord. That was a, the reason we went. We just, we saw an opportunity to serve, so we went. But it was so much more than, it was so much, it wasn't us serving the Lord. It was, we actually felt like um, a vessel. When we talk about being a vessel, we felt like one because we saw what, how God works through us if we let him, and it's all him, 
and we went, we took the, Mary talked about doing the behind the scenes, but we did a little bit of upfront work because we took the children to the nursing homes and um, to the um, women's shelter and they made their lunches for them, the kids did, and they interacted, each one had a resident at the nursing home and just watching that unfold was inspiring and it it was great that to put our the kids in the mission field because they're taught about it they're taught about it weekly at church they're taught about it when we all give our monies to the mission and they hear us but to watch them actually be involved in the mission they're learning and my little wild Colin was calm with his little friend from the nursing home. He was kind and helpful and calm. And everybody who knows Colin knows calm is, calm is not the word, but he was, and I just saw God work through all the children. And it was so encouraging and motivating and refreshing to be with people outside our church who are in the same, have the same goal as we do, because sometimes we get the, or I do, get the feeling like, well, I don't really want to go over there because I want to be here. You know, you're in this one little bubble in New Hope because it's so wonderful. But to be there worshiping with other people from other churches that God is doing this everywhere was so wonderful. And I also did not realize what an opportunity we have right here in our own town to do missions because you hear about mission, people going on mission trips people doing to help the people from tornadoes and all of that but right here in Shelby we have um, a lot of opportunity to do missions and to spread God's love so that's what I took away from it thank you for sharing and I know that this opportunity will come up again so I hope that we can flood the mission camp with new hope Members And I have to say that Jeff also, he went on his own and led a construction crew. So we had a lot of people out painting and working, and I'm just really proud and thankful for all of y'all and all that God is doing. And I like what Angel said about how we are New Hope Church, but the church, capital C, is a body of believers. And so to, to work with other believers is a gift from God that we have the chance to do. So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we are so joyful to be in your house. We thank you for the lives that you've given us. We thank you for all of the good things, the bad things, the hard and the easy, and just whatever your path is for us, we are thankful for that, God. I thank you that everyone that is here and watching online, I thank you so much for them. People that we pray for so often in this church, in our ministries, I pray over their, their day today, whatever they're going through, that you will give them uh, an overwhelming amount of your love and peace. I thank you for the miracles that have happened. I thank you for the news that I've heard, good and bad this weekend, of people that were injured, but also cancer patient that was um, given amazing news of healing. I praise you for all things, God. You are our Father, and you love us more than we can imagine, and we today are 
in prayer right now that we honor you, God, in our song, in our prayer, in our focus, in our attention to your scripture, that we forget about how we feel or if we're tired or what's going on outside of these walls, that we just focus on you. And I pray your spirit over our worship team, Lord, that you bring bring a renewal in them as they sing to you, Lord, as they lead us in songs to you, Lord, that the words that they sing, that the worship that they choose to do is honoring you and beautiful to you, Lord. I thank you for every person here and what your plan is for them and that you open their eyes and encourage them to go, that as they go, as they leave here, Lord, that they go in discipleship, in ministry, in missions, whether it be to the restaurant after church or whether it be a complete change in their careers, that you will show them clearly, Lord, their purpose from you. We love you so much, Father, and it is in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. See the future I picture slowly fade. 
go And I just don't know how I'm gonna make ends meet I did my best, now I'm scared to death That we might lose everything And when the sickness takes my child away And there's nothing I can do My only hope is to trust Trust you, Lord, in the eye of the storm, and you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul, and you alone are the anchor. When my cells are torn, your love surrounds me. In the eye of the storm, in the eye of the storm, you remain in in the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my cells are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. You want to come down for Children's Church? Well, today we're continuing on in our, what series is it? The B series, right? <laughs> we're coming to a rapid close in this series, though. I don't know if you're glad or ready to move on or not, but uh, I've enjoyed preaching it. I hope you've enjoyed uh, learning from it. So, but, but again, we're going to be uh, continuing today. Uh, we've talked about a lot of topics, haven't we? We've covered a lot of topics over the last uh, five months or so. We talked about uh, to be surrendered to God, to be godly examples, to be cheerful givers, uh, to be holy as God is holy, to be ready, to be ready to meet the Lord, to be fruitful, to be prepared, to be His witnesses, be prepared to be His witnesses, uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be useful vessels in the kingdom of God, and to be fearless. And, and so that's just to name a few of them, not all of them by any means. But today we're going to be talking about being immovable in our faith. What does that look like? Being grounded in our faith. In order to be who God created us to be, we must be immovable in our faith, stationary in our faith. And so what does that look like? What does that look like for you? Well, what does the word immovable mean? Uh, what does it mean to you? It's a, it means unwavering, unshakable, inflexible, adamant, resolute, and steadfast. It means motionless, stationary, unyielding. It means unchanging and, un, and unyielding. It means being incapable of being moved or, or influenced. It's permanent or firmly fixed in place. Does that describe your faith? 
Does that describe or illustrate your life in Christ? That no matter what happens, no matter what somebody says, no matter what the argument is, you are going to stand firm. You're going to be immovable in your belief in what you know to be true in the truth of God's Word. And so does that describe your work in the kingdom of God? Does it describe your life in Christ? <clears throat> I think in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is where we're going to be today. Uh, for the most part, we're going to be jumping around a little bit, but 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58 describes the idea of standing firm really well. That verse says in 1 Corinthians 15 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And so he's talking there, he says, therefore, what is the word therefore, therefore? <laughs> it's therefore us to look back at what, just was, at what was just said, what was described there. And so what was Paul talking about following up uh, as he was closing out this chapter in chapter 15 in 1 Corinthians? What was he talking about throughout 1 Corinthians chapter 15, well in verses 1 through 11, he's talking about the resurrection of, of Jesus and, and how it is essential to the gospel. And then in verse 12 through 19, he's talking about the resurrection, how essential it is to our faith. If we don't have the resurrection, we don't have our faith, do we? It's that that we have our hope, it's the resurrection because of the resurrection that we have our hope in Christ Jesus. And in verse 20 through 28, it's the, the resurrection is essential to our own resurrection, to our own eternal resurrection one day. Verses 29 through 34 is, talks about those who don't believe in Christ, those who deny the resurrection. And in 35 through 49 speaks of the resurrection in the glorified bodies, what it's going to look like, what the glorified body is going to be like. And then finally, in verse 50 through 58, it's talking about our victory in Jesus, the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. And I often read this passage at funerals, <clears throat> but it's a passage about living a, the, the victorious, steadfast, immovable, faithful life in Christ, living it to the end, living that life in Christ from from the day we accept Christ to the very end of our life. And that's very important. It's a key factor in the gospel that we continue on in our faith to the end, that we don't come up short, that we don't, like I say, a splash in the pan for a few days, a few weeks, a few months, or a few years, but that we're faithful to the end. We're faithful to the end. And why are we faithful to the end? It goes back to, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 through 58. Let's read that together. <clears throat> and here he's talking about the victory that we have in Jesus and, and, and what's going to happen, what causes that victory. And he says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a, a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in the flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. 
For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For the perishable must, must close itself with the imperishable and the mortal with the immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with the immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? And the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is in the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Therefore, stand firm, because we know that we're going to inherit the kingdom of God and the glories of heaven one day. The Lord Jesus said, Paul teaches here to stand firm. Don't be moved by anything that may come our way. Don't be swayed by the, by the false teachers of the world. <clears throat> It's because of this hope that we have that we must stand unshakable. Uh, in order to have that victory in Jesus, we have to be immovable in our faith, standing firm in our faith to the very end, working, knowing that the work that we do in Christ is not in vain, knowing the work that was done this weekend was not in vain, and, and to throw yourself into the workings of the Lord. Verse 58, it says, Therefore, beloved uh, brethren, or, or dear brothers and sisters, other translations, it says, Stand firm. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Be steadfast and immovable. Be strong and immovable. Stand your ground and don't hold back. Stand your ground. Our world is, it's a difficult place. It's a, it's a hard place. It's a, it's a challenging place right now. The Bible is being challenged. Our beliefs are being challenged more and more every day. They're trying to chip away at our freedom of religion. And so the question is, are we spiritually ready for that? Are we spiritually strong enough to face the winds and the storms of the world as they come against us, trying to get us to change our way, to fold our way of, of thinking and believing and living, and to, be, and to conform our life to the ways of the world. That's, the, that's at the root of all of this. Are we going to stand strong enough? Are we strong enough spiritually in our faith to withstand the world's teachings, the world's draws? At one point in time, you may have to choose between life and death in your beliefs. We hear it across the world. It's happened here before. Are we strong enough and grounded enough spiritually for that? 
I'm going to read part of Psalm 26. And, and, and as I read, ask, I want you to ask yourself the question, <clears throat> could I be able to say this about myself? In Psalm 26, verses 1 through 7, it says, Vindicate me, Lord, for I have led a blameless life or an unwavering life. Is that you today? Is that you in your walk with Christ today? Can we honestly say, For I have led a blameless and unwavering life? I have trusted the Lord and not faltered? Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. For I have always been mindful of your unfailing love and have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. Here it is again. I do not sit with the, with the deceitful, nor do I associate with the hypocrites. I abhor the, the assembly of evildoers and refuse to sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go about your altar. Lord, proclaiming aloud your praise and telling of all your wonderful deeds. I want you to mark that verse in your Bible and go back and pray over that and, and, and ask yourself that question during your quiet time. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us, hold, <clears throat> let us hold tight. Let us hold tight without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promises. Are we holding on tight to the promises of God? Are we, are we holding on tight to the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ? But folks, the Bible is clear that we must continue on in our faith, that we, that we be immovable, unshakable, unwavering in our faith, that we don't aren't wishy-washy and going back and forth, but we remain faithful to the end. We've got to finish the race that, that's been laid out before us, and, and living the Christian life can be difficult by sure, for sure. But folks, when we're faithful to the end, the reward is it's so sweet. It'll be so worth it. So don't give up. Yes, you're going to face times where you want to give up. You're going to face hard times in your life, and and temptations in your life. Sometimes those temptations are going to seem overwhelming, but don't stop. Don't stop with your faith. And the psalmist writes, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Though I walk through. He doesn't stop. He doesn't set up camp there. Praise God. He keeps on moving through that dark time in his life. He walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Folks, set your eyes on the prize and don't turn back. Don't turn back. Don't stop and, 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 and dwell in the valley of temptation because it'll, it'll lead you to a dark place. Don't stop there. Keep going. Don't get derailed by the, by the difficult times in life. Set your eyes on the prize and don't give up. And let go of the past. Let go of the things of the past. Let go of the people of the past that, that caused you downfall, that caused you turmoil, that held you back in Christ. Let that go. Let them go. Move forward and forget them and looking forward to the prize. <clears throat> There's an old military tactic called burning the bridges. And 
The, the idea is once you cross over the bridge, uh, you burn it. <laughs> you, you burn it. Uh, the one that you just came across, the one that led back to where you came from. But in doing so, it, 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 it prevents the enemy from crossing that bridge as well. But remember, it also prevents us from going back to where we came from. It prevents us from going back to that, to that previous location, probably that, <clears throat> that place where we felt safe in that location. But it, needs, it means no turning back, no giving in, no going back to the way things were. When you apply that to your life, there's no going back to your old life when you're in Christ. Folks, we have to burn the bridges of our, of our past life, our life without Christ. Because there's only one way to go when we're in Christ, and that's with Christ, and that being all in with Christ. Amen? For the alcoholic, this may mean emptying the bottles in the house, not going to the hangout anymore. For the drug abuser, it may mean blocking people on your phone or, or maybe even moving cities. <clears throat> For the adulterer, it means cutting ties and communication all together with that person. For the gospel, it means testing what you hear. Testing what you hear and then keeping your mouth closed. For the complainer and the discourager, it means intentionally, intentionally choosing to lift other people up. It means finding somebody to hold you accountable that spends time with you that, that will hear those negativity, that, that negativity in your words and call you out on it. For the porn act, it, it means filtering, putting a filter on your computer, spending time on your computer in public place or in the living room. <clears throat> For the greedy, it means intentionally giving things away. In all of these cases, it will mean surrounding yourself with, with new and different people and living a, a new life and a different life in Christ. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 and 23, it says, it says, once, once you were alienated from God, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. That was once. That was one time ago. That was before your time in Christ. Now you are in Christ, it says in verse 22, but now, but now He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in His sight, without blemish and free from accusations. <clears throat> if, here it is, if you continue in your faith, established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. For this is the gospel that you heard and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven in which Paul too is a servant. We look at the last part of that verse in, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 58. Listen to, that, to the words of that verse and then listen to some of the other translations that are used. It says, always abounding in good work. Always abounding in good work. Other translations say, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. 
Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, always enthusiastically. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. And I like this one. Throw yourselves into the work of the Lord. Throw yourselves into the work of the Master, it says. I like the visual there. And we do this in the last part of that verse, knowing that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. The work that you do in the Lord is not in vain. Mary was talking about doing things behind the scene. It's not in vain for the Lord. We do, we have activities around here and, and people say, well, I can't do anything. I, you know, I can take out the trash. Praise God. Praise God. Because no work goes, it is in vain in the Lord. Everything that we do in serving the Lord does not go in vain. It says, you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Nothing you do for the Lord is never useless. Confident that nothing you do for Him is wasted, is a waste of time or effort. Nothing you do, nothing that you do for Him is a waste of time. No matter how grand or how, how menial it may seem, it's not a waste of time. The end of that verse, always abounding in the work of the Lord and knowing that our labor is not in vain to the Lord, goes along <clears throat> with Ephesians chapter 2, and it tells us that, that we were created in Christ Jesus to do His work. And in Galatians chapter 6, tells us to not be weird, become weary in doing the work, for we will gain an inheritance. <clears throat> Second Thessalonians chapter 3 warns us against idleness and, and not working, that we are to be about working for the Lord. And don't get tired working for the Lord. Don't get tired of doing good for the Lord. And Colossians 3 instructs us to do everything that we do as if it were unto the Lord, for we will receive an inheritance. And so don't be persuaded by the world or, or, or its false teachers. 1 Corinthians again, verse 58, Therefore, my brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 6, it says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our, for our souls. This hope that we have, it's an anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. And Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest. It's kind of hard to describe exactly what having that immovable faith looks like or is played out. But I want you to listen to the story. I think it's, it's the best thing I could find to describe what it means to be immovable in your faith. It was found among the papers of an African pastor in Zimbabwe. This pastor had been martyred for his Christian faith, and this is his testimony that they found after he had been martyred. <clears throat> he says, I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed 
The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am disciple of His, and I won't look back, look up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My presence makes sense. My future is secure. I'm done and finished with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame vision, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotion, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right or first or tops or recognized or praised or rewarded. I live by faith, lean on His presence, walk by patience, lifted by prayer, and labor by the Holy Spirit's power. My face is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road may be narrow, my way rough, my companions few, but my guide is reliable and my mission is clear. I will not be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. <clears throat> I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice or hesitate in the presence of, ad of the adversary. I will not ne uh, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, or let up until, I stayed, until I've stayed up, stored up, and prayed up, paid up, and preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus I must give until I drop, preach until all know and work until he comes. And when he does come for his own, he'll have no problems recognizing me. My colors will be clear. Praise God. Amen. In that folks right there is an example of an immovable faith. A person that has their faith. And as a result of being that steadfast in their faith, it cost him his life. It cost him his life on this earth. But he was rewarded life, eternal life in heaven. Folks, being immovable in your faith, it, it means knowing what you believe. It, it, it means knowing why you believe what you believe. It means standing on the, on the promises of God. It means being unmoved by the world's teachings and the, and the false teachers that come our way. And it means, out living, it means living out our faith every day. Day in and day out. It means living for Christ daily. Being who God created you to be. Are you immovable in your faith? Do you need an extra dose of the Lord's strength? You need to pray for God's strength in making that. Do you need to, to, to commit yourself to, to, to a deeper time of prayer, a deeper, a deeper time of, of Bible study, fellowship, or whatever it might be? What is the Lord calling you to do to secure your, your faith in Christ? To where you will be immovable when the world comes, when the storms come. That you can stand firm knowing that you are indeed grounded in your faith. Let's pray together.
Oh God, may we have the faith of this African pastor who was without a doubt God, he knew exactly what he believed and why he believed it. He was standing on your promises. He was indeed faithful to the very end. And Father, as we contemplate the words we've heard this morning, what is it in our life, God, that, that needs to change? What is it in our life that we need to turn over to you. God, I pray that this morning that as we sing, it is well with my soul, that indeed it is well with my soul. That when I stand before you in the glories of heaven, we know in this life that it'll be okay. So Father, we ask the question, are we spiritually strong enough to withstand the storms that are going to come our way? What is it, Lord, we need to turn over to you? Burden our hearts, convict our hearts, Lord, to know that this morning. And that we would surrender it to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.